wellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. Welcome back to A Quirky Journey. This is Fuad Kassab and with me is my incredible co-host, Joe Witten. Joe, Joe, Joe. Dun, dun, dun. You're back. I'm back. No, actually, I'm you're back. back. <laughs> I never left. I've always been here. No. Every time I look, I'm here. <laughs> okay, but you weren't here for the podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've never looked for myself and found myself to be there. That's no, what I'm trying to say. I see. No. That's very confusing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that ever happened, that would be weird. But, very Joe. Good. Yes. Um, you've, been, uh, you've been doing some podcasts without me for a while. Yeah. Yep, so Fufu's been away. Um, I think we did, I think it was just two or three. Just two of them. Ah, three? No way. Was it three? No, it was two. It was two. So this one today is actually without Fuad. So he's actually just here for the intro. Yes. (laughs) It's my favorite kind of podcast where I don't really have to do anything. (laughs) I said he's just back from his um, travels with his friend. And so he's decided to pop in and do the intro with me. So that's great because, yeah, I I miss you when you're not here, Fufu. Well, Joe, it's um, I can't say the same about (laughs) you. (laughs) (laughs) well i've been on holidays can you blame me so here's what i've been doing shall i share what's happened do it okay so we um maybe the last time you guys heard um was before i went to brisbane and joe and i went up to brisbane around three weeks ago and we did uh four seminars there and they were some of the best that we've ever done it was awesome Um, it was really good, um, and um, we loved Brisbane too. It was yeah. so so much fun that city, and um, everyone the was so were lovely. Just, yeah, which is like I've always heard terrible things about Brisbane, and hey. turned out to be all lies. <laughs> uh, um, See, Queenslanders, yeah, my, we're awesome. Yes, that's true. My only experience of anywhere near Brisbane is uh, the Gold Coast, and I think I was really young. I was, and uh, we did a, a road trip at, with my old job. It was IndyCar racing, and oh it was, and he said, "Let's go to IndyCar." And I was like, "What is IndyCar?" And he's like, "You will find out." And I had no idea. I'm not a car person, and um, the only Indy I like is your daughter. So, um, <laughs> she um, like that. Oh. Uh, does she listen to the podcast? She has to. Yeah, she does right. sometimes. So, um, so I get in uh, in the the car with him and my other business partner, the three of us, and we make a road trip. And all I remember from that trip is the big banana, stopping at the big banana, and <laughs> classic and then, Queensland memories. Yeah, I had to do the big banana, and then we got we got to the Gold Coast and. And, and the whole thing was this huge party, like everyone was on the street. Yeah, not just, a great... Um, it was a drunken mess. Yeah, not honest. a great representation yeah. of all of Queensland. <laughs> well, depending on what you think to be great. So yeah, true. I, like, for me, they, they thought it was great. For me, it's not really my cup of uh, tea. I, I like <laughs> cups of tea. Um, so Yeah, kombucha is good. I wasn't the healthiest person back then, but I never was into these kind of big events and it was a bit crazy yeah sounds like it yeah and um that was my first experience of queensland (laughs) and and then i thought you know um 
yeah, that's not representative, I thought. It turns out it wasn't. And well, you knew it wasn't representative when you came to far north Queensland. Far north Queensland is a different uh, Actually, it should, be a different, it should yeah. be a different state, really. Yeah, far north Queensland is like a, a different time zone and a different <laughs> era, actually. Yeah. Uh, you get you get to far north Queensland and people are like um, they're definitely kind of from the early 1900s talking to their neighbours and hanging yeah, out in the yeah. street and yeah, making each other meals making cake yeah <laughs> you have some cake I think the first time you arrived we we arrived at the grocery store straight from the airport and um, there was like five people that came and chatted that we knew and you were oh, like yes. what. <laughs> Yeah, great community. It's great. But Brisbane turns out to be such it a was, beautiful city. It was beautiful. And I yeah. have heard that, like I don't know a lot about Brisbane, even though my brother lives there, but um, I have heard that, that it's still got that, it's like a big country town. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I, nice I really, I really thought spirit. it was sort of like a small Sydney, yeah. but with none of the anger of Sydney. Like yeah. Sydney now, there's a lot of road rage and so much traffic and uh, yeah. Uh, you know, people here, um, from my experience, you know, like everyone's sort of really job busy, like and mm. career focused, and um, they're overextended financially with their mortgages because the prices of the houses is it's just crazy. so much. It's and, insane. And, and yeah, and then you get to Brisbane, and it's more affordable chilled. and chilled, and people are like, yeah, they go out and they, you know, enjoy their time, and they still have a really high quality of life. And it's really reflected in the way that they behave with you. It was just mm. the nicest people. It was yeah. just so nice. It was beautiful. Uh, mm. And then and you that, went on your road trip. Yeah, so then my, my best friend came from Lebanon, and um, he, uh, he hasn't visited me ever. So I came in 2001 to Australia, and he's my best friend. I met him when I was five years old, Aww. and we've been friend, friends ever since. And when I went to Lebanon last year, he, he promised me to come for a visit, and he did. And uh, we pretty, did a, a, huge, cool. a huge road trip, a huge, huge road trip. From <laughs> um, I picked him up from the airport like the day that you got back I from the seminars. I never actually got home, and I went all the way up to... Um, Someone's at the door. That must be my daughter coming back uh, from school, drop off with my wife. Um, so we'll ignore that. Lainey will open the door. Anyway, um, um, maybe I'll have her come and say hello to the podcast. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. Hey, Sophie. Yes, Sophie. Come on. <laughs> but I'm recording a podcast, but you can come and say hello quickly. Sophie. Sophie's famous with quirkies. Say, say. Say hello, podcast people. Hello, podcast people. Hey, Sophie. How are you doing? Can she hear me? No. Oh. <laughs> she came in and she did her. Uh, she did her hello and then she's gone hey, again. That's right, yeah. You have to tell your little story about the, the Joe Witten. No, that's only for seminars. Oh, only for seminars. Okay, if you've been to a seminar, you've met Sophie through Fouad's funny stories. <laughs> so, um, Sophie's my five-year-old. So Sophie um, is the funniest person I know. But that's all. I'll, and I'll tell you the story about her in the seminar. Okay. Uh, one of many stories. So anyway, we uh, I picked him up from the airport the day after. Uh, the day I arrived, actually. Just a few hours after. And we drove all the way up to Port Stevens, where we stayed for three days. And then got to Coffs Harbour. And then from Coffs, we ended up in... Uh, Byron Bay did that for a few days, which was really beautiful. 
went to some incredible beaches and such a beautiful town. Uh, I've never been to Byron and I've heard a lot about it and it's just such a such a beautiful, beautiful place with some of the nicest, friendliest people that you'll ever meet. Everyone's just so happy. And, they had sunshine. Um, so much sunshine because the first few days in Port Stevens were really rainy. So we, by the time we got to Byron, it was all sunny. And then from there, uh, we decided to go up to Brisbane and to see a, a mate of Guy's, my best friend. He, a, fr- a friend of his lives in Brisbane. But we uh, stopped at North Stradbroke Island for a couple of days, um, which was really interesting. We thought we we're going to go on to this amazing island off the coast and uh, we get there and it, it was almost like being in suburbia. Well, it was like that. It was pretty much, it was that. But we stayed at a caravan park and we camped in our tent there and um, we fi- found areas of wilderness where we just felt completely um, alone, which was really what we wanted. We just wanted to experience a bit of the wild aspects of Australia, and there we are, right on the ocean. And, oh, lovely. Uh, and it was just sky, sand, and ocean everywhere you looked. It was incredible. Beautiful. And the waves were high and, and wild, and we were in our, uh, you know, sitting on the sand and just looking at the moon. It was a full moon. It was just that heaven. Beautiful. And in Brisbane, and Brisbane was uh, meeting up with these friends of geese, and it's a it's actually quite a large Lebanese community there, and there was ah. a, a bunch, of, yeah, a bunch, well, not a large one, like this this particular tribe, like they're all friends mm-hmm. together. It was really cool to connect with people from uh, back home, and um, they've been uh, some of them were born and raised in Brisbane, mm-hmm. other others were. Uh, recent migrants and it was just so nice uh, i don't have that kind of community here in sydney um but i think because brisbane has a smaller lebanese community they're a bit more tight-knit mm. so um just a lovely bunch of people oh, that's good then we made our way down and i think we drove over 30 plus hours all up in terms of like road time and i, I was wow. exhausted yeah. <laughs> throughout the whole journey but it was so worth it I really really loved it what a it's pretty special having your best friend from five years old visit you yeah yeah it was so cool it's so cool to sort of come together and um you know like these these kinds of times together you get to really uh, um experience the whole spectrum of a human being yeah you know, mm. it was just really cool. so first time i see him out of his own context yeah. and um it's good to do and, that uh, now and then. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, of course, it's, it was sort of like we were laughing. It's like one of those road trip movies where you're fighting all the time, and <laughs> yelling at each other, but then laughing all the time. And oh, it was that's just cool. So good. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. And now I'm back. He leaves on Monday, which is um, today's Friday. And um, today I'm just going to uh, take him for another daytime road trip and end up maybe in the city afterwards for dinner. And Monday, we're taking the kids to the zoo, kind of taking out of school that day, and um, then he leaves Monday night. So, That's awesome. yeah. Well, I hope he's enjoyed it. I'm sure he has. Yeah. He's, he's had a, he's benefited a lot from the trip. Like, when you, when you go out of, you know, the, your busy life, he's, he's yeah. really, really uh, quite a cool guy. He's the uh, head of the Baalbek Festival, which is the largest music festival in the Middle East. Wow incredible musicians from all over the world come over there and they perform each year and he manages that he yeah he 
I'm so proud of him. So, yeah. Such a cool and interesting guy to have on the road trip. He has all these stories about all these uh, stars who come to Baalbek and, you know, all those fun, funny, crazy things they get up to together. So, yeah. Well, yeah well, how are you doing, Jojo? Good. I have to get going soon because we've got appointments this morning. But right. we'll, we'll – um, so I'll just quickly mention um, – what the podcast is about and a little bit of news that I wanted to mention. So um, our good friend Helen Marshall from Primalist, uh, sorry, Primal Alternatives, they are Primalisters, they call themselves, sorry, Primal Alternatives. We've talked about them before on the podcast. So Helen came on a podcast and talked about her business. And um, I just wanted to mention it quickly because um, she's got this amazing franchise that is so suitable for so many of our listeners and we've been talking about it in the quirky cooking chat group and um, there's a lot of mums in there and women that are at home with their kids or that wish they could be at home with their kids and want to do work from home but haven't really been able to figure out how in the world to do it Um, and you know it's a scary thing to step out on your own and start a business but Helen has this completely sorted so that you can step into this business and just take off and, and work on it as a franchise. Um, and so you're baking breads, cookies and pizza bases from home that are um, grain-free, starch-free, all sorts of like um, paleo, healthy, different types of breads and things so that you can um, use their business model and their recipes and everything and just jump straight into it and sell to local shops and and local people and it's a really beautiful um, business because it's built around a support network where the women really really support each other and I guess you could have I think that guys can do it too primal misters they call them (laughs) (laughs) at the moment it's mostly women but anyone can do it and um, they have this awesome support group and community where they all help each other out and if someone's you know got overloaded with work and they need some help someone else locally can help them and um, you know if someone needs to go on holidays one of their you know local people can take over or whatever and so they really share and look after each other Um, and so there's a really good chat about it on the quirky cooking chat group if you want to have a look Um, and then We'll put a link in the show notes as well for you to have a look at it. But basically, if you go to primalalternative.com, you'll find out all the details. And they have online demos, so you can go and watch a demo of how the business works for free live. Um, And the next one is um, coming up soon. So I'll put the link in the show notes. But we just wanted to mention that because it's something that's really, we think is really a great idea, don't we, Fawad? Yeah, it's um, we've we've been talking to um, the Primal Alternative for a while now, and uh, Helen's just an awesome person to work with. Just one Very of the bubbly most... and happy. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, what I love about her is just the way that she's building this community. It's sort of because it's sort of founded. Uh, it's paleo food, mm. and she has this kind of tribal community around it as well, which is pretty yeah. awesome. That she has a, a a tribal product with a tribal community and. Uh, I find this kind of way is just a completely different model now mm. to, to business mm-hmm. rather than, you know, these really commercialized models where um, you like you fr- buy into a franchise and the way that she supports her people and the way that people support each other mm. is just it's incredible. Amazing. So, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I really, yeah, I think it's such a such a great tool for uh, people who are wanting to work from home and they've got a few hours that they can actually spend during the week and yeah, they don't it want to be taken to away be, from the family. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be really full-time hours either. It can be just a few if you want. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So if so, you are in the Quirky Cooking chat group, go and have a look at that um, discussion because there's lots of great discussion in there about it. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And right. um, what's what's the podcast about today, Joe? Okay, so Elise and I were having a chat. We were at the wellness base camp together and we were having a chat about my talk and about what she's been doing. And she said, you know, one of the things that she gets asked so much as a GAPS practitioner is um, why am I not healing quickly? And, you know, people are um, impatient to heal. And this is something that I've been talking about as well um that we we really push ourselves and we beat ourselves up because we feel like we're not healing quick enough or we're not doing the right things or and then you start doubting yourself and start thinking well maybe this is you swap and change diets and try and do all different Mm -hmm. things but she talks about how healing takes time and and in this podcast she's talking about um, the layers of healing so um you know people get very overwhelmed when they are not well and sometimes with chronic illness they don't know whether to go get testing to do this diet to do that diet to do this protocol to do that protocol and it's it's like all over the place and she talks about taking the first steps what to do um taking that first layer of healing and then taking your time to peel back each layer like an onion um to to get to optimal health and how it does take time um, and when she recommends doing testing and when she doesn't recommend doing testing um, and all of that kind of thing. So um, I found it really encouraging and I hope that you guys will also. And this is part two. So last week um, we we reshared the MTHFR, histamines, um, all of that kind of thing podcast because that's got the nitty-gritty scientific stuff that mm-hmm. people were asking. And then this one talks about um sort of going on from there okay sure you found out you have the mthfr gene mutation what do you do next um and so this is a really great podcast just for practical help in healing and um taking your time and doing it properly awesome yeah all right guys well on to the show and thank you for tuning in if you like the show make sure you give it a five star rating on itunes so jump onto itunes and give it your best rating ever (laughs) and that will help other people find it because as we climb up the charts the more people will be able to find us and um, your help would be appreciated thanks so much and we hope you enjoy the show thanks everyone have a great day Hi, everyone. I'm here with the gorgeous Elise. Hi, Elise. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about all sorts of things today. But first, I just want to mention that um, when we posted on the chat group about, uh, sorry, in the GAPS groups about what we were going to talk about, we got a zillion questions about MTHFR. So um, what we thought we'd do is repost a podcast that we've um, we did a while ago about MTHFR because that answers all those questions. So if you've missed that one, go back and listen to the podcast before this one. Um, Elise, do you want to talk about basically what we covered on that last podcast so that they know, you know what's yeah, going sure. on? So as, yeah, sure. So as we just said, it was a little while ago, so we were just trying to rehash what we could remember. 
um, that we spoke about. But we talked a lot about, I really went into methylation and um, about testing, about why I'm not that big on testing, about why Dr. Natasha isn't that big on testing more so I should say, and how um, methylation is really something that can affect anyone regardless of MTHFR mutations. And so just to get a really good understanding of where the whole MTHFR and methylation issues sit with GAPS, and we do go into how you can test if you want to test, what kind of supplements are taken, and how GAPS actually helps resolve any of those kind of issues when it comes to epigenetics and stuff like that. So all those questions that people asked um, that commented, they will be answered in that. Because it, it's um, really common for people to, I guess, get hung up on all the testing and feel like they have to get all the tests done before they can start to work on healing. But it's that's not really how you think, is it? No, and that we're going to go into a bit today, I think. Okay. That's yep. kind of stuff I thought. Yeah, um, that people need to, to talk about yeah, today. Understand. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, you know, we both are really interested in the whole journey and it's not something that happens overnight. It's something that takes a lot of time and for both of us it's taken a lot of time to get to where we are now and we still have more to more to do on our health but um something that i've been thinking about a lot um is that um you know it it is very much a a journey and there are layers and seasons and it just takes time and elise mentioned to me that she would love to do a podcast about sort of peeling back the layers of healing and figuring out you know what what comes next and if you could just expand on that a little Elise, that would be awesome. Okay, so working with my clients, one of the biggest challenges for people is just the speed or should I say the lack of speed in which you progress in gaps. And there's the ups and downs of healing. It's like a roller coaster. I'm sure people are sitting there nodding their heads as I'm saying yes. this. Like <laughs> a roller coaster. It's, I'm going up and everything's great and I'm going really well and then all of a sudden I'm coming straight back down the other side again into another healing crisis. So um, I think we've been set up in society to think of healing as a really linear process, like I'm sick and so I start doing something about it and then I get better in like this linear kind of straight process from one end to the other, I just get better. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we've been kind of set up to look at it in that way in the Western medical model and in any kind of detox diet fasting um you know lemon detox i don't know what are the other ones where people oh. you know those kind of um, all the- speak to whatever 10 day all that kind There's of stuff. so many yeah all those kind of things where it's like this set period of time which doesn't seem very long and reset is another word that i hear thrown mm-hmm. around a lot that it's putting this idea in our heads that, that we can somehow just reset and then start again. And it, it just completely, our bodies do not work like that. We don't reset. It doesn't happen in 10 days. It doesn't happen in two weeks. It doesn't happen in three weeks. We can't just flush everything out and start again. If only. So, if only. That would be much better. Yeah. And then I, yeah, I'd, I'd be out of a job and I'd be happy because everybody <laughs> would be it well so much quicker. But it's just not the way it works. We've been accumulating the damage and the toxins and the layers and layers and layers for generations. It's been passed down. It's not just in our lifetime. It's generations of these issues 
And if our body did want to let go of it all at once, we probably wouldn't make it through it. No. Because that would that's a lot of inflammation. That's Imagine. a lot of toxicity. Yeah. So if our like when you think of all the detoxing and all the healing, say, Joe, we're years into this that mm. we've done in that time. Imagine if that all happened in 10 days. <laughs> yeah. You just, your body couldn't cope with it. So it our explode. Really <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Imagine our adrenals. Adrenals I, already are suffering. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting that you wanted to talk about this because it's sort of um, something that I've been thinking about a lot in the last few weeks as I've been healing from surgery and all the horrible stuff that went on for months. And yeah. um, and I spoke about it last weekend at the Wellness Base Camp. Thank you, Elise, for helping me with my slideshow. Okay. And my talk. That was fun. <laughs> I, have to I have to mention this, guys. Um, Elise came and met me at the base camp in Brisbane and she didn't get to stay the whole day, but I was um, doing a last-minute panic. No, not panic. I was just doing a last-minute um, finishing my slideshow. And during the base camp while other people were speaking and Lee sat there beside me and helped me. So it was awesome. We had a nice time, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, but, but one of the things that I really um, always mention these days in my talks is you can't walk an hour into a forest and expect to get out in five minutes. It just yeah. doesn't happen like that. <laughs> that is great because, oh, my gosh, I love analogies. Don't worry, I've written some down. You're going to get some analogies today. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Um, so it's, I'm a real visual visual person. Me so too. I, yeah. Analogies are fun. I love Perfect. that one. I'm going to use that one Yeah, too. do, do. I borrowed off someone else. I don't know where I found it, but it just yeah. it made sense to me. I was like, oh, yeah. You know, we're so impatient. That is, that's exactly it. That is exactly it. So and impatient. I think another thing is um, I do talk about the Western medical model a little bit and I think, Joe, especially for you recently, you've learned how positive mm. the Western medical model, model is in certain circumstances and it is. So when I speak about it, anyone that is part of that, I'm not being completely negative, yeah. but just yeah. aspects of it, mm. Um, mm. just that, in Western medical model, we always need to be actively doing something. Like you're not healing, you're not fixing something unless you are actively going in there and doing something about it. Yeah. Whereas when we're taking a GAPS approach, what we're doing is we're actually giving the body space to do it itself. Yeah. So that's yeah. something that I think people need to really remind themselves to be healing, you don't need to be going. Okay, what am I doing next? What am I do? What am I putting in next? What am I, you know? I'm not doing enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like push, push people, yourself harder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like I'll have my clients say to me like, "Oh, I've plateaued. I'm yeah. just not really moving anywhere." But it's because we feel like some actions got to be happening. Got to be adding more things in. We're going to be doing this, increasing that. Yeah. When you get to a place and you're plateauing a little with what you're doing and it's kind of staying the same, that's a good place to be. Right. You know, like, and it's, it's okay. And that, and any, any time you spend that feels stagnant, your body is never stagnant. Your body's building up in energy and building up healing while you're feeling like nothing's happening. Right. Exactly. But like, so. please do you, do you have an analogy about bamboo? <laughs> Oh, have you heard about have you, have you heard about how bamboo grows or at least some types of bamboo? No. I think it takes seven years underground before you see anything happen above. 
Wow. I, we had friends that used to grow bamboo for, um, you know, for eating. Yeah. And, yeah, there was a type that it took years before you really saw any growth and then suddenly it would just shoot up, but it was all happening underground. And it, I guess it's kind of like that, right? It is. I'm actually just writing that down. <laughs> you better double check the facts, but I remember something about that. <laughs> Because I could one day I'm going to do a whole talk that is just analogies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're the best. That's how you. Yeah. That's how visual people understand things. <laughs> yeah, and that one about bamboo. That that's that again. That's perfect because yeah. that wraps it up. It's like so much when you're feeling stagnant, mm. you feel like nothing's happening, and you're feeling like oh, there's no progress right now. Yeah. That's when you just need to focus on something else in your life yes and just stick with what you're doing just chip away at it every day and just stick with what you're doing I know we're talking very broadly here so people listening might not know where this sits with where they're at specifically and I guess that's when it benefits from working with a practitioner Mm. so they can point that out to you but if you are generally just moving through this, moving through the stages of gaps, for example, and say you get to about stage four, because this is where I see this happen a lot, yes. around step four, five, six, that yep. uh, you feel like, you know, all is good, like, you know, you've seen a lot of progress in the earlier stages, but now nothing really seems to be changing. Mm. That, mm. That's the time when I would say stick with stage four, you might be able to start adding a couple of stage five things in. It does, a lot of people do spend time dancing between those last three yeah. stages before pool gaps. Definitely. And I think it's a good time to try and focus on something else in your life and just let gaps play its course. Yeah. Just, just let time pass. And don't rush because through it. In though. a lot of cases for people, it, it really is just a matter of letting more time pass. I and think, they don't have to be changing anything they're doing. If everything's yes. kind of going along okay, you just need to let more time pass and let more healing happen. So um, do you find that a lot of people get to stage four or five, feel like they're, um, you know, they're going okay and nothing major is happening, so they just start adding foods in um, and maybe go a little bit too quickly? Does that quite often happen and then they end up having to go backwards? I do see that a lot. I think um, the later stages is where people kind of lose it a little bit and get a little bit confused with how to add things in Mm -hmm. and also just getting that feeling of feeling pretty good now and kind of rushing through the last of it and also a bit of gaps fatigue. Let's get this over and done with. Yeah, you can be pretty over it and want to get it over and done with. But another big mistake that I see people do Oh, not so much that it's a mistake, but it's just unnecessary, is they kind of add some things in, aren't quite ready for it, get a little bit of their symptoms back and just go straight back to stage one. Yeah. It is really unnecessary. So I really like to have conversations with people before they go ahead and do that because that's when you can get gaps fatigue, when you just keep going. I just see those people, the chronic, they go back to stage one. Yeah. And it's, no, you don't need to do that. And also people that... um are going along really strictly and then someone gives their kids something that they shouldn't eat and they freak out and want to go back to stage one. I know this is kind of a rabbit trail, but maybe you could mention what you would suggest when that happens. Yeah, so in the case of it, something they weren't meant to have, it really depends what it was, where the kids at, how they responded to it as to what you need to do. But mm. first would never be for me to go back 
to stage one and like go back to the beginning yeah and maybe a couple of days of just really focusing on stocks and mm. I would keep it stage two I'd keep the egg yolks in mm-hmm. so it might be a couple of days of really focusing on that and lots of detox bars lots of vitamin yeah. C some activated charcoal and then just see what they're at is where they're at and they may just everything else back in they may yeah. just not really have much of a reaction at all if they've had a fair bit of healing yeah. Yeah, that's it. So it just really depends where they're at. You just mm. need to get it back to where they were. So if yes. you can do that with just some stocks, more, more stock and egg yolks um, over a couple of days and then everything seems fine, then it is fine. Yeah. And when we were just saying then about the people that are moving on to the later stages, feel like they've rushed things a little bit too much and they're like, oh, I've got to go back and start again. <laughs> so I think we've spoken about this in another podcast as well, but I think it's a good idea to repeat it anyway because this is one – um, even I need to repeat to myself sometimes yeah. is that all the healing, it doesn't all happen on intro. The point of intro is just to give you that good period of deep repairing mm-hmm. and it's like that big head start. It's like yes. giving you a jump start in healing but it's not all the healing. So I just see people get to stage five or six and there's still these little issues that are hanging on and they're like, oh, but I've got to just do intro again. Yeah. Probably not. Mm. Intro Mm. is really to heal and seal the gut lining, make sure you can tolerate all these healing foods. It just gives you that. I don't like to use the word reset after what we just said before, (laughs) but it does kind of do that and and it puts you in tune with your body. You've taken everything out. You've slowly put everything back in. You know where you're at with things. You know if nuts and fruit are a bit of, you know, something Mm. you need to go easy with. You've kind of uncovered everything. Yeah, I, I don't think there's many situations where you really need to go back that you couldn't achieve the healing you want to achieve without going back to stage mm, one. That's encouraging. It is. And that's why Dr. Natasha recommends at least two years on average on guts altogether. Mm. When you think mm. about intro for a lot of people, again, can be so varying in mm. time frame. But for some people, it might be three months, which yeah. isn't very long. Some people, six months. So when you think that two years is the minimum time spent on gaps, most of that healing is happening in full gaps. Yes. So, you know, we just get that really good big jump start in intro where you will see lots of positive changes, but then a lot of work is still happening. Heaps of work is still happening mm. as you continue going through gaps. That's why... Full gaps is there. Gaps use like was originally just full gaps. Yeah. That was the gaps protocol, and that does heal people. It just takes yeah. more time. Yeah. So um, I'm not a hundred percent certain about this, but I'm sure that would be what Dr. Natasha used to heal her son because yeah. that's how she developed gaps was healing yeah. her own son and his autism, mm-hmm. and that's what the gaps protocol was originally. So it's what she would have used. And then it was as things have gone along over the years, she's brought in the intro diet. I think it was about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's another one I'd have to check. So that's when she developed the intro diet, realizing that people need deeper healing, that yes. just full gaps was no longer enough. And then since then, in the last few years, she's realized that some people are needing the no plant gaps. So yes. that's that next step where the damage is now so deep seated yeah. that it's the it's the no plant gaps that people are needing. So once upon a time, full gaps was it because so much healing happens there. Mm. So don't expect everything to happen during intro. Yep. That's good. I have a really exciting thing to tell you. I haven't told you yet, Elise. 
Oh, that's exciting. So this episode is ni- is 98. Yes. Guess who we've got for number 100? Who? Dr. Natasha. Oh, my Yay! goodness. So exciting. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I sent her. Um, we sent, we sent um, her one of our cookbooks over with Cindy O'Meara when she went to visit her a few months ago and um, she loved it. And she also loves Emma's Gaps Kids book. Emma sent her one of those. I saw. Yeah, I saw so that's pretty cool. And, I, and and she's shared Isaac's story a few times on Twitter. And, yeah. um, and so I wrote to her and I said, would you come on our podcast for our 100th episode? She said, sure. So that's really exciting. Oh, that is so exciting. That so, is, I can't wait to listen to that one. I know. She's, the problem is how in the world are we going to pinpoint exactly what to ask her because – We'll just have so many questions. We want to talk all day. <laughs> I know, I know. But, oh, and she's a great speaker. She's very to the point. So she would just get everything straight. She'll probably just, she'll probably just know what to say. Take off. We'll say, you've got yeah. an hour. Go. Yeah, talk for an hour, please. Yeah, that would be great. Oh, unless that's unless awesome. you want to talk for two, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. We would all listen. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, cool. so that's our exciting bit of news. Yeah, that yeah. is. That's awesome. Um. So, yeah, um, I think next I wanted to just kind of say about um, in intro, people are often questioning the healing process as in why am I feeling so bad? I'm yes, eating yes. all this good food. Why yes. do I feel worse? Why I am I feeling worse? I, yeah, I get that question a lot. Yeah. Please answer. So, Linda Patterson, <laughs> Linda Patterson, she's Gaps Australia. Mm-hmm. She describes that really beautifully okay. in saying that when we start eating quality foods that are really easy to digest, then the body starts to identify the lower grade materials and tissues oh, in the body yes. and then rids them. So it pulls them out, recognizes those lower grade materials, pulls them out to make room for these superior ones that we're now getting from this high-grade food that's coming into the body. Awesome. So it's going in, it's renewing um, renewing these tissues with healthier tissues from the high-grade stuff we're getting in. And mm-hmm. now that our body has this opportunity to utilise this stuff properly and get the other stuff out. Mm-hmm. So she calls it detoxing and retracing. Uh-huh. So body's just pulling stuff out and detoxing it so everything that it's pulling out it's releasing toxins into the system mm-hmm. the body's having to deal with that um and as as it removes it our detox pathways are having to cope with that and that process can happen over and over throughout gaps and that's when we see those healing regressions that roller coaster right it's almost like a cycle yeah slowly rolling forward but as it hits the downward spiral, you go, oh, I'm getting worse. Oh, wait, I'm getting better. I'm getting yeah. worse. <laughs> uh, and it is an emotional roller coaster because you're so in it wherever yeah. you are with it. You're so in that moment, like, this isn't working. This is terrible. Yeah. And then a week later, this is great. I feel great. And yes. that's what I do with my clients all the time. Yeah. It's, um, it's all the doubts come in in that downward spiral of the roller coaster. And then upward, yeah. it's like, this is the best thing I've ever done. And sometimes uh-huh. you feel like you get the whole cycle in one day. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So. That, that process, it's exactly what we're expecting to see. Mm-hmm. If you are if you can kind of think back in your healing journey and you can see these waves, mm-hmm. it's like inflammation's healing, your body's feeling better, you're going up that roller coaster and then as your body's gotten to this point of healing where it can go, 
okay, it's safe now for me to just drop all this stuff mm-hmm. and get rid of it because I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a good place. This is safe. Now yeah. I can just dump yeah. this. So then the body dumps more toxins to get rid of and then we go in our downward spiral as our body just gets rid of that stuff. And then we start to feel better again as we heal more inflammation and and more detoxing and we feel better. And then again, our body feels this is safe now. I can dump this stuff. So this is just a process our body goes through and it is a slow one because, as we said, it couldn't dump this stuff all at once. You wouldn't cope. And so it's just a little bit at a time, layer upon layer, as we pull back this stuff and heal. Yeah. And it is so layered. It's so... And I'll give you an analogy if you like. Please do. <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot of people can think of it like when we're detoxing and these 10-day detoxes give us this way of thinking as well. It's like it's emptying out a bucket. Like mm. You've got a bucket of toxins in your body. You just want to empty, it out, empty that all out. And you're all good to start again. And you start again and <laughs> had to reset. But it's more like having a big pool of muddy water and you're just sticking a hose in it and waiting for it to all overflow out. Yes, that's really good. Yeah, so it's more like that. So it's the it's the slow process of just flushing stuff out as your body is ready to. Yeah, that's a really good picture. Yeah. I can so, see that. Thank you. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Um, so another one that people often say to me in the early stages is I'm gaps has made me intolerant to X food. Mm-hmm. Um, gaps has made me more, more sensitive to food. So it's gaps doesn't me, work. Gaps doesn't work. Or even, <laughs> you know, the people that are believing it works and sticking with it, but you know, it's made me more sensitive. Why is it making me more yep. sensitive? So this is a phenomenon in the body known as masking. So when you're feeling not that great, most of the time mm-hmm. you really, you're not always that aware of how not great you're feeling. Yes. That makes sense. So as you heal on gaps, you're actually unmasking intolerances that were already there. Gaps can't, when you when you understand how gaps works, it can't make you intolerant to foods. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of people can view gaps as a really restricted diet. It's very out there. It's, you know, mm-hmm. um all these things get thrown out around about gaps, especially in the medical community. When you really just look at the core of gaps, it's meat and veg. Yeah. So yeah. there's nothing extravagant about it. There's mm. nothing really that alternative about it. There's nothing just, really that restrictive about it. It is just meat and veg. We're just very. Um, we have a lot of choice. We're we're pretty mm. much like overdone with choice in our lives that we. Yeah. We now view it as restrictive, but it, like 100 years ago, meat and veg was what people ate. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and and focusing on the nutrient dense versions. Exactly. Mm. So when you think of it that simply, that gaps is right from the start, meat and veg, very nutrient dense. Then that kind of food it can't make you intolerant to something. Yeah. I think because we've given it. We haven't given it. Dr. Nahashan has given it a name and put it in as a protocol. Then you can talk about it as something outside of yourself, as gaps, as this protocol doing something. But when you really just look at the food that you're eating, it's not food that can make you intolerant to something. So as the gut lining's healing and sealing, which is what's happening in the early stages of gaps, when you do eat a food that your body doesn't want, you're damaging that it's like if you fall over and graze your knee and you get a scab mm. on that knee. It's that kind of healing that's happened. It's not complete. That's why you need two years on gaps. 
It's just that scab over it that's just holding that um, ulcerations in the gut lining so they can start to heal. Mm. So when you've started that healing but it's all there, still fresh and raw and not healed yet, and then you eat a food that's going to undo that, it's actually it's actually damaging that healing. So that's why you will see a response to it. Your body can now respond and tell you mm. that it doesn't want that food, which is actually a really good thing. Yeah, and that's that's something to really focus on is the positivity of all this. You know, people feel like it's negative. I'm, I'm detoxing. I feel so awful. I'm going backwards. I'm reacting to things I never reacted before. I never reacted to armor meal before and now I am. Um, but like you say, it's a positive thing. Your body's, your body's working through things and it will get past that. Like I know the first time I had almond meal, stage four, I think, wasn't it? Um, I just was, yeah. my tongue felt all tingly and I've never had anything with nuts ever. And I was like, uh oh, what's this? And I just pulled back and left it for a little bit longer and then tried again and it was fine. But it was just interesting to me to see you know, the difference in how your body let you know yeah, what, and we, what it was yeah. ready for and what it's not ready for. Yeah, we want our bodies to be speaking to us and yeah. and say for you, nuts probably were always an issue. Well, they will yeah. have been an issue yeah. for you to cause that. And so before your body wasn't speaking to you, it wasn't yeah. telling you, it was just damaging and you just weren't getting the signals. Yeah. And maybe this is a good time to mention this too. We probably have mentioned it before, but um, you know, people, especially it's coming up to Easter, right? I'm already, yeah. I'm already getting the questions about the hot cross buns and, you know, I'm only on stage three to four, but I'd really like to try your Gaps hot cross bun muffin things. And I'm just like, well, really, you can't have the dried fruit yet. You're probably not onto all the spices yet. If you haven't had almond meal yet, I wouldn't be jumping into hot cross buns <laughs> straight away. Uh-huh. Um, and the thing is, once you start using armor meal and baking and nut meals and things, I know for us it was very difficult to hold back and not have too much of it. So this is something to be quite aware of. Obviously, we want to be flexible with our diets, but what's your recommendation for people who are trying to move ahead slowly to not overdo it? So it really does depend on where you're at, like when birthday parties come up or yeah. Easter you know when those things come around for my clients it really depends on where they're at yeah for a lot of my clients it's just a non-option it's yeah. just not even a question it's just a no and maybe and next year <laughs> yeah maybe hopefully next year it's but not maybe forever not. <laughs> yeah and that's the thing I think when you're committing to doing something like gaps mm-hmm. I think you decide then what your level of commitment is to it yes. so if for you it is a I need to half commit or I will not do it at all, then good on you for recognizing where you're at and yeah. great that you're half committing instead of not doing anything at all. Yeah. Something will always be better than yes. nothing. So I always really encourage people to that's, do something. That's you really are going, good. Yeah, you were going to eat anyway. Yes. So And I do the same if people can't. There's always the organic veggies and organic meat and all that kind of thing. I can't mm. start gaps because I can't get organic. Yeah. You're going to eat anyway. You're going to eat the non-organic foods anyway. I'd rather be doing gaps with the non-organic foods yes. than doing gaps with the non-organic foods. Okay. So same with this kind of thing. It really depends on each person and their level of what they've decided they want to commit to this, Yeah. how much they're needing healing, how much their family is needing healing. 
if you know you're in that place where you need a lot of healing and I think people will know within themselves that if they tried to introduce something that's further along that it probably wouldn't be worth it, then mm. it's not. And it, it's better to just go without because that, that passes and you don't and you reflect on Easter as spending time with your family and having exactly. fun. And yep. But if you have something and feel like you've gone backwards, then you've actually chucked a negative spit onto Easter that really wouldn't have been there otherwise. So I think And you've it, kind of given yourself a negative idea of gaps and it now it's now it's more of an effort and it's more restrictive and now I have to go backwards and you start getting that negative thinking as well. Yeah, exactly. So I think the answer to that really is individual, mm. um, where people are at, but I, I would always kind of encourage people to stick with where they are at mm. and do the best they can with where they are at. And for kids, I really found that they are okay. They are okay without yes. the I think the worst cases for kids is going to birthday parties and yeah. everyone else feeding stuff. But Teenagers as well. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I've found mostly with um, if you're doing something in your own home, so yep. you're the one providing the food, it's fine. Like, you can make it special, whatever yeah. the diet is, you can make it special. Yeah, and still for my son, I don't do eggs to Easter, no. even though I can. No. Um, we're actually off gaps now, even though it's still what we do. Yeah, um, same. But I, I still wouldn't. I, I'd just rather not, not – start not be the food like yeah I'd rather just not have that around the food so my ma my parents might but it will be not your average chocolate mm. anyway because they still don't do that but I do presents so yeah, he'll get perfect yeah really cute little felt dolls or something um lovely like something really sweet and special yeah. um, rather than the chocolate and stuff but yeah Oh, we can go down a big rabbit hole with that, which is a nice pun. <laughs> That's what we do in these podcasts, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, but I think it's all just looking at where you're at. Yeah. No, it's good because it's all about, um, you know, the the backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards kind of feeling of healing. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's something that um, you do have to decide how important something is to you and, and weigh it all up. And it's, like you say, it's very individual. And when we started GAPS, we were so strict. And like I tell people, I don't like to tell people to be um, really hard on themselves and not have any flexibility, but sometimes you have to do that. But think of it as short term. Exactly. And you come out the other end and go, oh, I'm so glad we did the hard yards. It was so worth it. And you know what? It didn't actually take as long as I thought it would oh you know it didn't it didn't feel as long as I thought it would because the kids yeah. the kids thought it was the end of the world that we had to do gaps for two years but then when we got to the end of two years it kind of flowed on and we just kept eating that way and just added a few bits and pieces in but it was never as scary and horrible as we thought it was going to be no the worst part's always just the beginning it's, it's just a change it's kind of thinking it through that's the worst part <laughs> yeah yeah Thinking it through and then making everything for the first time. Yeah, that's it. Just all feeling new. That's the yeah. hardest part. But once you get through those first few weeks, you don't crave the things anymore. No. And so you find yourself really satiated. When you're nourishing, our bodies are very smart. And mm. when we're giving it the things that it needs, it rewards us for that. Yes. And we feel good. Um, so it's just knowing and understanding 
these layers of healing that are going to happen so that when you're a few months in and everything's been going okay and all of a sudden you're having a regression but you hadn't even changed anything, it's understanding that that's okay. Yes. That even though you feel like you didn't do anything over those few months, your body was very busy doing a lot of healing and mm, so now behind the scenes. Exactly. <laughs> underground, was doing all these yeah. healings and now it's ready to let go of this next layer and that's what you're having and you've just got to listen to the, your body for the rest to support mm whilst you're going through that next regression um yeah well do you want to answer some of the facebook questions there's like heaps i'll let you choose because you can see them too (laughs) um so we could go into definitely the first question so Mm -hmm. tests needed to work out if you have parasites methylation heavy metal etc issues so when it comes to thinking about all this stuff my answer is always do gaps first Mm. so Mm. i'm not big on testing um because testing really is just one snapshot of one moment in time when it comes to bloods when things like methylation if you're testing for gene mutations it it is testing whether or not it's there Mm. but as if people go and listen to that our previous podcast on methylation you'll see that People can have methylation issues regardless of whether they have the MTHFR mutation. So I'm not big on testing that. Yeah. It's not something that you go and test and go, okay, so now that's something I've got to focus on. And the fact is that GAPS does resolve those issues. And yeah. either either way, whether you have it or not, the lifestyle and diet changes will be the same um, for good health. Yeah, exactly. And if you've got methylation issues, we're going to know about it. Yeah. So that is the kind of stuff that the issues you would have if you have methylation issues are the kind of stuff you would want to be working with a practitioner who would be able to tell you you have methylation issues without even testing. It's pretty obvious that there's issues with methylation. And it's, yeah, it's it's not really something if you do gaps properly that you need to go and jump into all the supplementing with. Mm. So that other podcast does really go into more of that. And when it comes to the heavy metals, I'm kind of the same with that. I'm not encouraging anyone to go and test before they do GAPS. A lot of people think that, okay, so before I do GAPS, I'm going to go test, sort out the heavy metals, sort out the parasites, sort out this, and then I'll do GAPS. Mm. Do GAPS first. I'm just like, say that so many times, do GAPS first. GAPS is the foundation. GAPS is what you do before you do any testing, before you go down any other path. Gaps is what underlies it. So I'm going to tell you another analogy. Okay. So say, for example, if you broke your arm mm-hmm. and you were, then you went and got physio on it and you went and got a massage and you went and got, <laughs> I don't know, acupuncture. So you're going and doing all these things about your broken arm, but what you really need to do is go and have the arm prepared. So say I think I used to use this as like you needed a um, – a shoulder reconstruction or something. Mm. Does the analogy now have ruined it? Have I? No, that's um, good. It makes sense. Yeah. So say, yeah, you need you broke your arm, you did whatever. I don't know, but you need a shoulder reconstruction. You need it operated on. That's quite clear. But you're going and getting massage, physio, acupuncture, doing all these things yeah. might be helping the pain a little bit and might be causing some kind of benefit. But the core of the issue is that you need an operation on your arm. Yeah. So until you go and get the operation on your arm, you're not going to go and you're not going to see the healing and return to function that you need. So after you get the operation on your arm, the acupuncture, the massage, the physio, probably really needed and something that's really beneficial. So this is kind of an analogy to look at gaps. It's like 
the gut needs to be healed, the gut is damaged, so you can go and do all these other things that are secondary issues or you can just start with healing the gut, which is what is the core of all the issues, even though you still may need to address other things once you've done that. Mm. So doing gaps first is what I always say to people, but I still um, I still think it's a really hard message to get across. I think it's um, because even naturopaths don't take that approach yeah. a lot of the time. It's still, it's, it's just like the Western medical model done with natural medicines. Yeah. Um, that's still that attack going and kill, 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 which I I really don't agree with that approach. I've seen some different kind of things out there where there's some really intense kind of protocols that are done in online programs and things like that, and I just really don't agree with it. I've had people have a, have a lot of issues from taking those approaches because it's such an attack approach. Right, um, instead of a nurture approach. Yeah, yeah, it's just so full on and, and and it doesn't get to the actual core of the issue. You've got to you do gaps first. You've got to heal and seal the gut lining. Things like parasites, candida, heavy metals, they're all there for a reason. So heavy metals, I can't see the question right now, but I know someone said something about how is that an issue for kids, mm-hmm. um, like young kids, like. I'm sure someone said something okay. like that. It could be on the other. There's two threads. Yeah, I think it was this one. Uh, there we go. Um, I'd like to know if you should be treating parasites first with antibiotics and doing gut healing after that or do nice. guts first and then antibiotics after if necessary. Are parasites there to mop up toxins, i.e. from amalgam fillings? How can you explain their presence though in children? Also for someone with colon, uh, I'll go into that bit next. Um, so presence in children with toxins from the parents, which yeah. is pretty it's just as simple as that. Um, so a lot of the time, or I think, I think I could probably say a hundred percent. I'll say ninety percent, just to be sure. <laughs> of my clients that who the children have shown are shown to have metal issues, and the parents have amalgam fillings. Oh. So one of them, my mom had amalgam fillings wow. when she was. I think she got one while she was pregnant with me, and she had a whole mouthful of them. And most of them were between my brother's birth and my birth so I was the one that really and yeah so I had so mercury's been a big issue for me candida's been a big issue for me so So candida's related to the heavy metals yeah so candida wraps itself around mercury and protects your body from it right so I guess this is going into more depth about those layers of healing so having Mercury toxicity in the body affects your detox pathways. It does damage. That can be one of the avenues in which a gut has become damaged. Mm -hmm. So once again, it's still do gaps first. So to answer that question about do gaps, do I do gaps first, do I do antibiotics, it is do gaps first because before you deal with any of those other issues, you need to heal and seal the gut lining. If someone just goes and starts detoxing mercury, they're going to keep reabsorbing it. Mm. So most good practitioners will, will always have people working on their gut lining first because yeah. that needs to be healed and sealed. Leaky gut, you need to resolve that first. Always do gaps first. You need to resolve that first. Um, and then so what I would look at then if, if there's mercury issues is that mercury is the next layer. Yeah. And after doing gaps for a while is when you would see whether or not you need to do something else to deal with the mercury. And then what I'd would have the other- symptoms be that you would know? 
So if you're still seeing really dark circles under the eyes, and this I would say it's like once you're onto full gaps, it's again individual. There are some people that I work with mercury on earlier on, and it just really it is really dependent on their whole story and yeah. their whole picture of where they're at. But in in general, you would wait till full gaps before you even started looking at anything else, before you thought about anything else. It would just be working through the intro stages and getting onto full gaps. Yeah. And juicing is a really big part of getting mercury out of the system. So for some people, doing gaps alone will there'll be no issues to keep to resolve after that. Mm. They they will be feeling good, um, no dark circles under the eyes, and then you don't need to go any further with anything. You just continue with gaps. But if you get into full gaps and the dark circles under the eyes, are still a really big issue and so is anger and, reg- and aggression knowing that the liver's not really coping mm-hmm. that's when you would start to look at mercury and that is the stage at which i might even test for it right um so we can do hair tests to see if yeah. mercury is a problem so and then the candida and the parasites they're like a follow-on issue from that so candida and parasites are there because of mercury candida particularly parasites can be there for other reasons as well mm-hmm. candida wraps itself around mercury and actually protects our body from it so candida is actually doing us a massive favor by being there because mm. the symptoms from candida are much better than the symptoms from mercury isn't that and fascinating it is and i went to plenty of naturopaths in my um throughout my healing journey from when i was about between 12 and 15, I think I started looking at the natural health to resolve my issues. And I have been told by many different practitioners, like been given stuff to deal with candida. Mm. And little did I know it's releasing mercury into my system. If you take stuff to kill candida, you're releasing mercury into your system. And it is most likely if candida is a persistent problem for you, it is most likely that is because of mercury being in your system. That's what I've seen most of the time, okay. that mercury is in the system. And so I still have people asking me, oh, candida is a problem, how do I address it? How do I how do I kill off the candida? But it's like we, there's deeper issues you need to let the body deal with that itself. Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> it's not something that I usually would just target on its own it's something that would just be dealt with as you're dealing with other stuff the candida Mm. so that's interesting my eldest daughter had candida issues when before we started gaps and it seemed to clear up over intro she does have to have to be really careful with sugars still um, but it really cleared up and i have no idea about mercury though so how do you work on how do you well you've said sort of how you know if you have mercury so what I would say is if you think mercury is an issue, you need to work with a practitioner. Right. Yeah, it's really not something that I would recommend people just going and dealing with themselves. Um, a lot of people do follow the Andy Cutler chelation protocol. There's stuff in there that Dr. Natasha doesn't recommend. There's right. parts she does. Mm-hmm. So but I think the safest way to deal with mercury is with a practitioner because it really is figuring out first whether you need to and then what the best way to go about it is. So so what does it usually include? Um, dealing treatment? with mercury. Yeah, sorry, the, the treatment, yeah. Yeah, alpha lipoic acid. Whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, ALA. So that's what we usually do with, but I do highly recommend working with a practitioner right. 
as to know whether or not you need to do that and how and to be followed along by a practitioner as you're doing it to make sure you're doing it right. So with your daughter, I would say that I, after this amount of time, I would potentially look into that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We could organise some hair testing for her if you want to mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because, yeah, I think that by that stage, if you're still needing to be careful and you know it's just sitting there under the surface, then I yeah. think you would start looking at that a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, you're past your two years into GAPS, everything mm. else is doing really well yeah. and that's a time to do it. Your two years, you're, yeah. you're past GAPS now, everything's going really well. It's just like this potential other layer that needs mm. to now be done with. And now is the best time to be doing it because up until this point she's got she's been going well. Yeah. So and that's what you want. You want as much healing as you can without ripping too much out. Like yeah. you don't need not to everything go, at once. Exactly. Mm. You don't need to go mm. trying to pull mercury out and pull this out all in this process. You want to give your body time. So yeah. if people yeah. are sitting there questioning whether they have mercury or whether they have this, but you're coping with intro and you're moving through okay, don't even think about it right now. Yep. The longer you can put it off, the more healing you can just do on gaps, the better because it puts your body in a better position to then deal with those things if you need to, if and when you need to. Um, and then so when it comes to parasites, and this is one that I think, probably 95% of people on GAPS are dealing with. I think mm-hmm. it's the one I get questioned about the most on GAPS yeah. is parasites, how do I deal with them? Do I take the antibiotics? Do I deal with parasites first or do I do GAPS? Again, do GAPS. It's always going to be do GAPS first. Even if you've tested, you've got diatomepifragilis or uh, blastocystis hominis or whatever, they're the two most common ones and they always seem to come together. Mm-hmm. So whether you're dealing, you know that you've got those and they've been causing an issue, it'll still be do gaps first. I would never recommend just going and taking the antibiotics. The only yeah. one I do is uh, Giardia. So there are a couple where you would. There are some situations where you would, and again, that's very individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and if someone had, like someone that was asking me last night about strep B infections in the throat, that's one where Dr. Natasha does recommend just going and taking the antibiotics. Right. When it comes to parasites, they're in the body for a reason. The body has invited them in for a reason, just like a muddy swamp invites in bugs and parasites to clean it up. Mm -hmm. Our body is inviting parasites in for a reason. So the ecosystem that is our body and our gut and our microbiome there's something going on with that ecosystem that needs parasites. Parasites not an issue of exposure. It's not because, you know, you could go to Bali with your buddy and they get a parasite infection and are sick and you're not. Yeah. And that's not so you you're most likely both exposed to the parasite, but if your gut is in a better state, that ecosystem is healthier then it's not inviting the parasite in or allowing it to proliferate and cause an issue. Right. So if you're just going in with antibiotics, again, you're taking that Western medical approach of attacking Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's ignoring that that ecosystem actually needs to be restored. So like if you had a forest that was overgrown with weeds, if you went in with a broad-spectrum weed killer, you're going to kill a lot of the forest as well and do further damage and how, where's the forest at then? Mm. Eventually 
more weeds are just going to overgrow and it's going to be worse. Right. This is exactly what happens with our gut. Yeah. So if in that forest you went and planted plants that kept those weeds under control, you're going to end up with a healthier ecosystem. Mm. And that's exactly what we're doing on GAPS. We want to go in, we want to get good bacteria in there. We want, well, first of all, we want to heal the gut lining. We want to get good bacteria in there and we want to start changing that ecosystem so that the parasites, the bacteria, the fungi, the whatever's going on in there, the microbes, they're kept under control, that the bacteria, the beneficial bacteria is flourishing and there's a good biodiversity and that just keeps everything happening. There's um, always going to be weeds in a forest, but as long as ever, everything else is flourishing properly, they don't mm. become a symptom for the They don't problem. take over. Exactly. So it's all about that balance. Yeah. And so we're trying to bring that balance back and heal that ecosystem so that the body will just deal with that stuff itself. Yeah. So in GAPS, the way that looks is um, it always, again, is do GAPS first. You want to heal into the gut lining before you even do anything about parasites. And the time when Dr. Natasha does recommend doing something about parasites is if in the early stages you're getting really stuck for a long time on stages one and two, three, you know, back to two, you're getting really yeah. stuck there, maybe getting along to four, then getting right back to stage one or two again when you're really getting stuck in those early stages. That is when Dr. Natasha suggests giving parasites a push. Mm-hmm. So the way I do that with people is really different for everyone. I think it um, frustrates a lot of people in my <laughs> Facebook group because they're like, what's the parasite protocol? And I'm yeah. like, have a protocol. It's like a, it's um, more like the person I'm working with. Okay, what do I feel like you can handle right now? And yeah. I think this approach. It's do not going to be the how, same for everyone. Yeah, and then I'm looking. How are you dealing with that? We're following along. Okay, what are the symptoms? Okay, do this with it. All right, next. I think we'll try this because you dealt with that in that way. So it's so changing, but I find that that's the way that works. I think parasite protocols that are set out and just delivered as they are like this is the protocol for everyone to follow i've seen them really not work for most people because it's really different how people need to deal with parasites so that's you know if you're stuck in those early stages and you need to start looking at if parasites are uh, keeping you stuck there then it is about just supporting and healing the body giving parasites a push which just gives your body an opportunity for that beneficial bacteria to flourish a bit more so we can take care of them. So it's yep. still you're still just supporting the body's process and what it's doing. That's good. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, now, there's still so many questions. Do you want to choose some more? <laughs> okay. So how do you listen to the podcast? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I can answer that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so where to start if you have parasites, autoimmune, chronic fatigue, you do guts. So I know that's just like a really simple answer, but that is the answer. Mm-hmm. So I would just be ignoring, the not worrying about the parasites initially because for some people they will know that parasites are a problem, but doing just doing guts may solve that problem. You may not, to, not have to do the protocols that I just spoke about um, it's only in those early stages if you know that you're not progressing well, then maybe you will have to do the protocols. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to autoimmune chronic fatigue, autoimmune 
do gaps. Um, there really isn't anything that you need to change. You may need to spend longer mm. in the early stages. The, the damage may be deeper. There is such a vast array of autoimmune issues that there's probably no one answer to that. It depends on the, what's going on. Um, and it does the same for fatigue. It's really looking at what's going on in the bigger picture. Mm. Dr. Natasha does in with chronic fatigue, and uh, fibromyalgia and issues like that, rheumatoid arthritis, those really deep-seated kind of chronic fatigue slash autoimmune issues, she does recommend doing gaps, of course, and then one day a week fasting for around 30 to 36 hours. So I think the way she said it was to eat dinner normally on on the Friday and then don't eat anything on Saturday or it might have even been eat till lunchtime on the Friday and then stop eating at that time and then don't eat all of Saturday and then eat breakfast again normally on Sunday. Yeah. So um, so she kind of says that for people um, with, We've been, sorry. with mitochondrial issues, that's right. your energy centres of your cells where so people with chronic fatigue there's usually issues in the mitochondria, people with fibromyalgia and stuff like that. It's the mitochondria, the energy centers of the cells not working properly. So they're not working properly because the body's overcome with toxins. So when you go to do gaps, it's really hard for your body to get a break mm. because mitochondrial issues are there because there's toxicity. Your detox pathways already aren't working well. So you can really get stuck and that's why um, healing can be so tough for people with chronic fatigue. Mm. But Dr. Mm. Natasha does recommend that um, doing just that one day a week of fasting um, to kind of give that chronic fatigue person a chance to heal and then straight back into their really nourishing foods throughout the week. Really, We've been talking a lot about fasting and we've got another podcast coming up soon with Daniel Pomper about fasting. Right, that'll be good. It's fascinating. And yeah, I think fasting's just really coming up lately. I've yeah, just had, it is. Yeah, my brother's really, really into it. Yeah. My business partner, Stephanie Meads, she just tried a – she was going to do a seven-day fast. She ended up doing six days. and That's did amazing. Awesome, yeah. So um, – and then Fu and what he's been yeah. doing fasting. So I did a 30-hour fast mm-hmm. and it was really good. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to extend that a little bit. But – I just, that again is really individual on where mm. you're at. If you're just starting out an intro, don't even think about fasting right now. That's right. It's, um, it's you know, just do gaps. And it's those kind of chronic fatigue people, um, and that would be on an individual basis. It's probably something you'd still want to work with a practitioner That's on. what I was about to say. It's yeah. probably good to, yeah, get some help with it. Don't yeah, just jump in and go, right, I'm going to just do a fast. <laughs> yeah, because it, can, it could cause your adrenals to crash. So yeah. I'd really want to work on someone's adrenals first before mm-hmm. getting them, making sure their adrenals are really supported yep. before getting them to move into that fasting if they're a chronic fatigue person. Yes. So, yeah, that it's just still working the ways that you go about it. The layers. Um, yeah, <laughs> layers, the layers upon layers. Yep. So. And that's, I just always say to people, if you're doing something and it's working, like I have clients, have, I have quite a few clients at the moment that are stuck on stage two, mm-hmm. not because of parasites. We can see it's not because of parasites. It's just a lot of damage. Um, and they're, But they're doing well on stage two, yeah. thriving on stage two, but getting very impatient understandably because 
Um, they've been on stage two for some of them I've been working with for a year or more and they're wow. stuck in that spot, but they're thriving there mm-hmm. and going through little healing crises every now and then, or like a bit of that roller coaster, but overall doing well. And it's that just being patient to go, well, yes. I'm doing well here. I'm progressing. Even though I'm not adding more food in, my health is progressing and this is okay to be here doing what I'm doing. And do you, and they know not to go further because when they add food in, then it... Yeah, they're just not ready. And yeah. just me, me with the ever-encouraging, please don't move on yet. <laughs> <laughs> just wait a little yeah, bit longer. Just wait, just wait. There's great things happening here right now. Yeah, so, yeah. again, very individual. Yes. Um, so dealing with that. Um, so what other questions should I answer? I think some of them I could go and type some answers. Cause yeah, because they may. Yeah. Um, yes. With anaphylaxis, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. GAPS does heal anaphylaxis. So I guess with the answer to healing anaphylaxis, it's do GAPS. <laughs> with working. And have a listen to Mary's story, Mary Kelly over at Good Mood yeah, Food. Fascinating. That, uh, she has an amazing story. and. Yeah. Um, I've worked with a few people that have healed anaphylaxis allergies. So it can be done. It is still a gut issue. Dr. Natasha does talk about how anaphylactic allergies develop through the leaky gut. So they can be healed. It just really is a question of how the parent wants to go about it. They're yes. the decision maker. They're the one that decides how they want to how they want to progress with trying the food that is that has the anaphylactic allergy. So whether it's through challenging in hospital or I've had people do it all different ways. So it just really is dependent on that, how you want to progress with that. Yeah. Um, is it important or necessary to test for leaky gut or see a gastroenterologist to assess one's condition of the gut prior to gaps? Are there any benefits or any assessments you'd highly recommend? Not really. Um, my number one assessment is how are you feeling? What's mm. your history? What symptoms do you have? Yes. Um, you, you know, what's your family history, you know whether or not you've got a gut issue. You know, you've, all the symptoms are there and if you're not even sure how it all connects once you explain it to someone that does, uh, like a GAPS practitioner, they'll be able to explain to you how what the link is and how that may have progressed for you, how those kind of issues usually do progress, how Dr. Natasha explains how the GAPS issues progress and then it all kind of clicks and makes sense. I don't really see any point in testing because you know if you've got an issue, you know if you want to do something about it. GAPS is a do-no-harm approach mm. to do it the right way and get support. So I, I would just always say do GAPS first. I'm really picky about testing because um, I think I really take it very seriously what I tell my clients to spend money on. Yeah. And I it's don't, so expensive. It's crazy. Uh, it does. And if testing isn't going to a change the way we approach something, then I don't see any point in doing it. And Dr. Natasha is is not big on testing for that reason. She mm. says that it is just that moment in time. It can be fickle. It can fluctuate. Mm. It can just – we're only testing for the things that we know to test for. So it's not even just – nothing gives us just a clear picture of what's going on because we can only, you know, test certain things. So um, I don't really see any benefit to it if yeah. it's not going to change the way we approach things and it often doesn't. Um, there's a couple of questions in the program support group that are interesting. Um, like if you've worked through healing and you've gone through all the methylation type stuff and you've worked on getting rid of heavy metals and you've been maintaining a GAP style diet, this lady wants to know 
what are the main dietary and lifestyle elements and supplements that are likely to be lifelong to prevent recurrence of heavy metal toxicity or do you worry about that? Heavy metal toxicity is a matter of exposure. Mm-hmm. So you would have to be exposed to it to have that issue. So usually it is like often it is amalgam fillings. It can be the vaccinations that had mercury in it. Um, it can be if you're expi- exposed to it environmentally. Mm-hmm. I think there's some kind of, I, I forget exactly what it is, but there's some kind of factories that used to put mercury out into the air or something like that, mm-hmm. I think. So it, it is really, heavy metals is really a matter of exposure and then also that linked with an issue with detoxing and detox pathways not working well, which causes the mercury just to build up. And um, So really, really what's, what's the diet and lifestyle things that would be long-term to help with staying, I guess, keeping those detox pathways open? So following, I guess, just keeping those underpinning foundation things of gaps, and that's basically what Dr. Natasha says, that don't go back to a standard diet. No. Don't back to using toxins on your skin and in your home. Of course not. I don't think you can once you've... (laughs) I can't stand the smell of them. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess sticking to Western A Price. So Dr. Mm. Natasha does actually mention Western A Price diet. Sticking to that style of diet and lifestyle, the whole food lifestyle, the clean eating, the um, low-tox lifestyle is is just clean water. Yeah, out out in nature, sunshine. Exactly, Mm -hmm. yeah. And when it comes to what supplements a person may need, again, very individual. It would Mm -hmm. just depend on what issue they've been dealing with and whether they need to keep supplementing for it. This lady has Um, Hashimoto's, she said. Yeah, so she may need to keep supplementing for a thyroid Mm -hmm. um, and that just really depends on where she's at. It depends how long she's had the issue for, how well it's resolving on gaps. So... Any supplement you're taking, you should be taking because it's actually doing something and if you stop taking it, you feel worse. Right. So, yeah, because there is another question from another lady saying that she's um, she's worked on the MTHFR and um, she would love to get rid of her supplements but she's not really sure if she can. So I guess that's working with a practitioner and bringing them down slowly and seeing what happens, yeah? Yeah, exactly, and just making, looking at what those supplements are and seeing how to get those through food. Yeah. Well, that's food. what I love about you, Elise. Whenever I say to Elise, what what can I do to get my iron up? Should I should I just take iron? Like, no, you need to be eating liver. You need to be. <laughs> yeah. And she gives me the amount and I don't always <laughs> keep up with it. Cause it's, <laughs> but it's, it's like I would much rather do things through food than having to pop pills all the time. And our body knows what to do with it when we go, do it through food. It's a whole food. food, whereas a supplement yeah. isn't really, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> so the ones that are for everyone on GAPS are the probiotics, the cod liver oil, the fish oil, the iodine. Mm-hmm. They're the supplements that everyone should take for a period of time. Even the cod liver oil and fish oil, three to six months, mm-hmm. maybe a little longer. They're not things that you keep taking over your lifetime, maybe every now and then when someone's sick, take some cod liver oil. Um, but, you know, and same with the probiotics, yeah. six, maybe six months or uh, it depends on what dose people are getting to, but they're not forever. Yeah. Thank goodness. So, they're expensive. Yeah, they are expensive, <laughs> but, yeah, they're not forever. So 
yeah, with any supplements, very individual, depend on the person mm. and what they're taking them for. So even though I always say I'm not that big on supplements, if someone starts working with me, I don't just take them off all their supplements. But yeah. we have a really yeah. good discussion about what they're on and then we work on trying to do that through food so that they don't need them and then they would try reducing or stopping one and seeing how they feel. If they felt if they feel worse, they need it. If they okay. feel no different, they don't need it. So I think that's something people forget. Mm. Or we're taught not to really think of it that way that we're actually if we're meant to be taking something, we should feel worse if we stop it. It's not yeah. just something we take and hope it's doing good. Yeah. A airy fairy kind of idea of yeah, well exactly. it must be doing me good. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um so with the fussy ten year old, I think we could just post the video I did about getting yes. um to fussy eaters for Fiona. We could tag her in that. Because that um, would be what she needs. There. So you did a video on fussy eaters and also one on how to get broths into kids. Yeah, that was the same one. That's the same one. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah we need to share that definitely. Yeah, so that will help Fiona and then Kate about asking about SIBO. So GAPS does treat SIBO. So you just need to see what is tolerated. Sometimes the kraut juice won't be. It just depends on whether that person in their particular case can tolerate a small amount. Then you would just make up different ferments like fermented carrot instead of the kraut, um, and that can be better tolerated by people with SIBO. But you just still do and that will resolve the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is what SIBO is, mm -hmm. is that we're not meant to have much bacteria in our small intestine. So that would just take care of that overgrowth in the intestine and we'd be looking at the stomach acid because if there's enough stomach acid, then stomach like stomach acid comes into the small intestine with the food as we're digesting, so that does kill bacteria. So if there's a, a bacteria allowed to grow, overgrow in the small intestine, it's usually because the stomach acid's not there. Yes. So, you, yeah, yeah. so there's a few things you'd be looking at there, but again, gaps. And possibly work with a practitioner if placebo is really bad and really persistent issue. Mm. Yeah. Um, this one here, someone asks about why her teeth have become stained during gaps. Is, do you have any it, ideas on that one? Yeah, you, you do really detox through your mouth. So I do recommend for people to do the coconut oil pulling every morning, and well, Dr. Natasha recommends this, mm -hmm. coconut oil pulling and brushing your teeth with bicarb, with charcoal, yep. putting probiotic on your tongue. So that is really normal. It is just detoxing through your mouth. So you just want to look after I that. I didn't know that was normal because I had that too and I was like, oh, why is this happening? Yeah, <laughs> okay. so we do detox through the mouth so you just got to take care of the mouth and just pulling the toxins out right. so coconut oil pulling is amazing for anyone that doesn't know what that is it's just getting a teaspoon of coconut oil putting that in your mouth first thing in the morning is the best time to do it if you forget do it whenever it's better to do it than not do it mm. and then swish that teaspoon of coconut oil around your mouth and through your teeth for 10 to 15 minutes and then spit it out and rinse so that just pulls it and you can feel it the way your gums feel when you do it. Mm. You can feel that it's pulled the toxins out. It, it leaves your mouth feeling really good. Okay. And that's also a good way to deal with ulcers and anything going on in your mouth like that. It's, you know, it's that toxicity in your mouth. Yeah. That's so someone else has asked about, um, I heard it's better to do heavy metal detox first. Um, so I disagree with that just mm. because – um, this is the way Dr. Natasha puts it, is that we should be healing and sealing the gut lining first because mm. if you try and deal with mercury, heavy metals, 
when there's leaky gut, you can just reabsorb everything. And it's really dangerous. You really need to be careful dealing with heavy metals because they can just go and um, reposition themselves in the brain once you get loosened the metals and they're floating around the bloodstream and they can just go straight through the blood bank brain barrier. So heavy metals are something you really want to be very careful with and Dr. Natasha does say we want to heal and seal the gut lining first. Yeah. So your body's ready to deal with that. And for a lot of people, gaps alone will clear out those detox pathways and particularly the juicing when you get on to stage four will help get the metals out and that may be enough for people. And with the juicing, one thing that you hear is um, it's so much sugars. So, you know, what is it? Do you water it down a bit or do you just not have too much? Or So with the juicing, Dr. Natasha recommends doing it as gaps shakes. So you do you do, do a whole juice and you don't worry about the sugars. But you've got uh, the fats in there. Yeah, That's so you right. put the fats in there. You put a whole egg in, you put the sour cream in and that balances out the sugar. The benefits of the juicing and what it does for your liver outweighs the issues. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really guess- need to be juicing more. Yeah, juice is, <laughs> is a really big part of it, and I think it's worth investing in a proper juicer. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it is worth. What's your favourite? Because cold press. Uh, kind of the Kuvings. Kuvings juicer. How do you spell that? K U V I N G S. So I'm going to see what I can do. Um, we might be able to do a discount. We might be able to offer some a discount because I was thinking of getting them in. That would be Which, good because I need to get one. I, the, I mean, I use my Thermomix sometimes, but you obviously have to strain the pulp out. So, yeah, it's been years yeah. since I've had a proper juicer. Yeah, and it's just never going to be as good when no. you blitz because it destroys a lot of the nutrients. Yeah. So cold pressing is always going to be yeah. the best way to have it. Sure have those juicing juices yeah awesome well that's answered heaps of questions i should probably let you stop because otherwise we'll be here all day (laughs) i know we easily could be we we were we were like do you think we'll have enough to talk about it now i'm like are you kidding me elise (laughs) (laughs) i always worry like what if we just kind of say it in a few sentences and we're done (laughs) never but just to wrap up i think um you know, it just really brings back to me the importance of being patient with yourself and just like I was talking about on the weekend, just moving forward gently and taking your time and not beating yourself up because you're not going fast enough and um, just letting your body heal and do that silent healing that you sometimes feel like is not really going anywhere. And one thing that I've been thinking about a lot with all the time that I spent in bed with um, my problems that I had um, is resting without resentment because that's hard, especially for mums who are busy. It's hard to stop and rest and take the time and you just want it to be over and done with so you can get on with your life. But you're setting yourself up for the future, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we do get really stuck in that doing mentality. We do. We really do. Especially as mums and I I know a stereotype in the group are mums and it's mm. we get stuck in that do 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 because as a mum you're always doing okay so now I'm doing gaps and I'm healing okay I've got to do 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 what do I do next yeah and, that's right you know it is just allowing yourself that time and space to go okay now I maybe I just don't need to do anything I need to just continue with what I'm doing and go sit in the sun and 
have yeah. a swim and have a sleep and just know that your body's got it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just give it more time. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Elise. I found that really yeah. encouraging. It's good. Uh, okay. No problems at all. I love chatting with you, Joe. Well, maybe you can just let everyone know anything that's important that you think they should know about your site and, oh, um, your, your retreat. Is that all fill up? filled up? It's not filled up yet. Ah. Uh, thank <laughs> you for reminding me. Yeah, I'm hopeless at remembering my own thing. So. It's like, oh, my stuff's on now. I'm going, what? Um, <laughs> so we are, so my business partner, Stephanie Meads, and another fellow GAPS practitioner and I are running a retreat in July in Myokin, which is right next to Byron Bay, from the 5th to the 8th of July, and Joe and Fu will be there to – um, hang out with us for a little bit of it. We're going to have lots of stuff on. It's based on a workshop series that Steph and I ran called Nourish and Flourish. Everything will be GAPS friendly. Yeah. Um, and we'll be doing lots of nice things like yoga and meditation. And we're going to head over to Kiva Spa. We'll be going to Mullum Farmer's Market. We're trying to organize a pretty cool farm visit. Lots of cooking together. It's an intimate group. We're only allowing 10 people to come. So we're going to get a fairly intimate group so there can be our aim is we just want everyone to walk in, to walk away from that retreat feeling like they had this really one-on-one kind of experience with us where they're forever changed from it. Where they can ask all the questions. Exactly. And- There's just time for everything. We just want there to be time for everyone to just pull everything they need from it. Um, and then so they can go home and be a beacon for their friends and family and help change things for them as well. So we're just really excited about that retreat in July. And, what, and, and I'll just mention, yeah, send the link and we can put that on there. And I'll just mention that Fuad and I are going to be doing our um, health seminar with the cooking demonstration and yes. the retreat attendees will come to that. Yes, and we'll get to, they'll be, have like a VIP pass and get yeah. to, you know. Front row seat. And sit at the front, and yeah, yeah. So it's going to be great. We're really grateful that you and Fu are coming along, and that's just going to add to the inspiration for everyone. We're just really excited about what this will do for yeah. the people that attend. So that's great. So yeah, there's a few spots for that. So maybe I'll talk to Steph. We might chuck a little discount too. Up to you. Up to you. Yeah. You so won't we'll hassle. You won't twist your arm. No. no, no t- needed but yeah i'll send you through the link and a little discount and do you do you want to mention your shop and where they can find you and that kind of thing yeah so my shop is cold coast organic so i stock most things gaps in there and if you are in the quirky cooking group Mm -hmm. the program the gut health program you guys do get a discount in there i forget how much it is but there's a code in there for a little discount so we've got all the stuff in there and i'm happy to enter I do have some practitioner-only stuff in there, but if a, a quick message or a phone call to say what you need and why, and I'm happy to um, yeah. get that stuff to you if I know that's what you need. Um, so that's all in there. And then in terms of working with me, I do have um, some spaces available at the moment. We just discovered Yay. that my, they were selling around my calendar. And my I saw was- that. <laughs> Oh. Like, oh my gosh, so, like, what's going on? Like nobody loves me anymore. <laughs> like every other day's packed, but Monday there's just no one. Like what? What's going on? People on Mondays, but it was my calendar. Oh. So um, there's lots. So of now stuff. there's room. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of room at the moment. So if you do decide um, you need the help of a practitioner, 
then you can book in for a free 30-minute check-in. If you are an experienced Gapster, then you can book straight in for just a one-off appointment. But that, that's people well and truly into Gaps that know what they're doing yeah. and just need yeah. some help. Awesome. And yeah. if you're in if you're in Byron Bay, just keep an eye out for Elise. Yeah, you might be wandering around at the Mullumbimby markets or yeah. say hi. <laughs> so I went there one day, which was lovely. Who did you meet? Alex Stewart. Oh, that's got, right. You did too. Yeah. That's so cool. So, but, yeah, if you're in the area, text me. Oh, not text me. You probably don't have my number, but, yeah. you know, contact me on social media or Facebook or something. I love I love more friends. I don't have that many friends since I've been up here. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's just moved, yes. <laughs> so um, Elizabeth, who's an old Facebook friend of mine, asked on the chat group, have you moved yes. there yet? So, yes, Elizabeth, she has. Yes, so, look you. her up. <laughs> yeah, look me up. So, you guys would get on well. You should definitely meet yeah. each other. Yeah. So, and I will, I'll start, um, I'll start running some stuff up here in a little while. Um, That'd be good, some talks. Yeah, in a couple of months. Yeah, I'll start running some different kind of workshops and stuff up okay. here as well. So, that'll be coming. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Always, okay. always appreciate your time and expertise very helpful oh, thank you i love doing it thank you so much all right everyone we'll we'll be back next week um with another podcast and foo should be back by then he's been on i should mention he's been on a road trip oh i'll probably talk about it in the intro anyway so i'll add that at the start but yes he he'll be back in another week or so um and we'll be nearly to 100 and you know who that one is so keep an eye out yay <laughs> yay and we'll see you all soon. Thanks. Thanks, Elise. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.